Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fowles, and in the studio today is Dr. Ana Babel, Associate Professor in the Dis Department of Spanish and Portuguese. Today, we are talking about how to support DACA students. Just a quick definition. DACA stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. The purpose of DACA is to protect eligible immigrant youth who came to the United States when they were children. DACA gives young undocumented immigrants protection from deportation and a work permit. The program expires after two years and it is subject to renewal. Currently, however, only those who receive DACA prior to March 2018 can continue to renew it. Bienvenida al estudio, Ana. Gracias. Thank you so much for having me here again, Elena. Ana, I think discussions about DACA have been on the rise since September 4th of last year, when the current administration stopped the ability for DACA-eligible individuals to apply for this status. While this is where we are right now, we have over 600,000 DACA recipients, and several of these are students across colleges and universities in the U.S., Last year, OSU launched a campaign to show support for our DACA students. Can you tell us about this? Yeah, I think there was some widespread dismay at the way that the administration handled DACA. Um, and certainly, um, uh, there were a lot of people who felt like they really had the rug pulled out from under them when that announcement mm -hmm. was made. Um, there are currently about 690,000 DACA recipients. Right. Um, They say there may be many more than that who are eligible, um, and we definitely have a large DACA population here in central Ohio, including at OSU. Um, so, you know, there's so many people on campus that really support DACA students um, and want to want to help in any way they can. Mm -hmm. So what we saw immediately following the announcement were um, a number of protests. So mm -hmm. there were street protests that were covered by the media. Um, there was a rally in the Oval, um, and then a colleague of ours, Pamela Espinosa de los Monteros from the university libraries um, organized an event called Love Notes for Dreamers, mm -hmm. um, where people um, were able to stop by a stand on the South Oval and just write a message of support. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea for that was not only to show the support in that moment, but also to make it a permanent exhibit somewhere. Um, and the materials are archived. Um, I think they were displayed in the Union for a time. Mm -hmm. Um, we did hear from some of the DACA students that they wanted to see something a little more long-term and a little more sustained, mm -hmm. um, that it's not just about showing up one day for right. a march or showing up one day to write a card. Um, and so a number of us who are interested in supporting undocumented students here on campus started thinking about where resources exist at OSU um, and where we might create some additional resources to support the students. Um, at the same time, a group of active DACA students here at the university started advocating for themselves um, and met with the president um, and, and asked for a number of things that were on their list. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about that um, in a moment. Um, but one of the outcomes has been the ally trainings that I'm currently running, um, where we try to train people from the OSU community about 
um, what DACA is, um, mm-hmm. how it fits into the larger landscape of immigration, mm-hmm. um, what kinds of resources are available at OSU, and how to be a long-term ally, not just somebody who shows up for a day, but somebody who's going to be there anytime a student has a problem or a question or just needs a little bit of support. Right. Um, so we know that our students in general, right, need uh, different types of support, um, such as professional academic counseling, mental health support, peer support, in an environment where um, we have opportunities for creating learning communities. But how might this be a little bit more specific for our DACA students? What what should we um, know before we create? I mean, it's not a one model fits all, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the DACA students are a very diverse group. And I think that's something that's a little bit different at OSU than it may be in other parts of the country. Our DACA students come from all over the world. So you don't know by looking at someone whether they're undocumented or not. Um, one of the big things that DACA students struggle with is not knowing who to trust. Right. So what we've heard over and over from the students is that they may not even tell their best friends mm-hmm. that they're undocumented. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not know if they should trust their advisor or their professors. And so many of them struggle with the additional burden of keeping the secret um, mm-hmm. and not being able to talk to people about the the difficulties that they encounter. Right, right. Um, so you uh, created or um, provide this ally training now for anybody that's interested in, in our campus, right? Um, and I want to um, just ask briefly, who can be an ally? Who can sign up and say... I want to be one. And like you mentioned before, it's more than just showing up one day and writing a little note, right? It's something more tangible that um, that our students need. Absolutely. We really want to make visible the, the, the community support at OSU. There are so many people who support undocumented students. Um, and I think one of the things that we can do is make sure that it's not only DACA students advocating for themselves. Right. They need faculty, they need staff, they need fellow students who are on their side. Um, and uh, so we really welcome anybody who has an OSU affiliation. We've even had people from the community who have attended the meetings, even though they're, they're mostly aimed at uh, people from OSU. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we've developed um, is a list of people who have completed the ally training and who have committed um, to acting as allies. Um, that list is available on the University Library's DACA resource page, mm-hmm. um, which is easy to find if you Google it. Um, there's a list of about 80 people who have signed ally contracts and who are willing um, to be there as a resource or just be um, a safe person to talk to mm-hmm. um, for our DACA and undocumented students. Um, and that's a small step, but it is a step. Good. Um, so how can we become a smart ally? Um, and, and what I mean is, uh, what information do we need in order to be an ally at OSU? Well, I definitely encourage you, if you can, to attend an ally training. It's a three-hour training, and we cover a ton of information. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's one takeaway, it's don't leave the student hanging. Mm-hmm. OSU is a huge place. It's very difficult to navigate. Um, People can go from one office to another and sometimes hear contradictory things. And so the most important thing is to follow up. Don't just say, oh, here's an email address or here's a telephone number and leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Um, You really need to continue to follow up until whatever the issue is has been resolved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Can you share three do's and don'ts of being an ally? What should we completely avoid <laughs> and what um, should we do? Well, the two things to avoid are um, don't assume that you know a student's immigration status. Mm -hmm. And that applies to any student mm -hmm. who walks into your office. And in fact, I think it's not limited to immigration status. Don't assume that you know what kinds of challenges a student may or may not be right. facing. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's kind of our, our big do not um, uh I think a good way to phrase it is to say, um, is there is there anything that may be presenting a barrier or that may be a challenge for you in order to complete your academic career, in order to complete this class, in order to complete this requirement? Mm -hmm. um, there's many kinds of barriers that students face, and immigration status is an important one, but it's only one. So don't assume you know the student's immigration status. Um, and we also ask our allies not to give legal advice. The legal landscape surrounding DACA right now is extremely complicated. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not lawyers. Um, right. The best we can do is refer people to lawyers. Um, at this point, unfortunately, OSU does not offer legal advice to DACA and undocumented students, but we do have community legal agencies who can work with them. Um, that's not our role as allies. Right. And I, I would imagine, too, that we are not also um, counselors, right, professional counselors, but we could certainly be an empathetic listener um, and maybe point them to um, professional help if needed. Absolutely. And OSU's Counseling and Consultation Services does offer counseling for DACA and undocumented students. That's a wonderful resource, um, and it's a great place to point people to. And I think that's a great segue into some of our dues. So mm -hmm. um, one of the important dues is do refer the student to on-campus resource points. Mm -hmm. um, our main resource points for DACA and undocumented students are the Office of Student Life, where Dr. Todd Suddeth is the DACA liaison for the whole campus, and then the Office of Diversity and, and Inclusion, mm -hmm. where Yolanda Cepeda um, has been a, a wonderful resource for many, many DACA students. We said that um, one of our dues is to refer the student to on-campus resource points. Um, another big one is to make sure that you maintain confidentiality if a student discloses their status to you. Just because they feel comfortable sharing it with you doesn't mean they feel comfortable, comfortable sharing it with the world. Mm -hmm. um, so as an ally, one of the things you can do is let the student lead. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, that's, again, probably the biggest um, takeaway. Don't let people hanging and let the student lead. So... Um, Students in general have a right to make their own decisions mm -hmm. um, and to do what makes sense to them based on the information they have available. And I think that as allies, our goal is to be there as a support structure, um, but not not be there to tell anybody what they what they need to do or what's best for them. Mm -hmm. so. um, I want to uh, dig a little deeper in terms of, um, for example, the the people that interact. M Perhaps in a, on a more regular basis, um, our professors, right, uh, with their with their students. What kind of things should a professor know, even though they might not know that a student is a DACA student, right? But what kind of maybe accommodations or or um, things should a professor do to make sure that that student is um, has all the possible resources available to succeed in the class. Uh, for example, uh, and what I'm thinking of is that many times our students might have an immigration appointment or might be needing the money to apply for this renewal. Um, things that maybe we don't we don't know, we don't think about, but that they're carrying this burden and, and they might not be 
willing or wanting to disclose that information. So how, how can a professor uh, be an ally even when uh, they might not have all the information? That's a great question. Um, and I think it's interesting that you say that. It is true that students interact a lot with professors. Um, but what we've heard from the students is that their first points of contact are actually their advisors and their mm -hmm. residence hall okay. um, staff. And so we have seen an amazing turnout from advisors and from staff in general. Um, and I, I really appreciate that community and the support that they've shown for the students. As a professor or as an instructor, um, having flexible class policies helps everybody. Um, so one thing um, that you can do at the beginning of the semester is just to send out a little survey um, and ask people whether they might have anything um, that would present a barrier to their uh, participation in the class. That may be because they have children or because they're responsible for an elderly parent. It may be because they participate in a varsity sport, maybe because they're um, a member of the ROTC or of the National Guard. Mm -hmm. um, they're so, or they may be working, you know, mm -hmm. they may be working full time on top of their classes. There's so many reasons um, why, why students um, sometimes struggle with balancing their other commitments with their studies. Um, and so giving them a chance to confidentially say something to you is a, a wonderful policy in any case. Mm -hmm. um, and then as you teach the class, think about how you can design your assignments or your requirements in order to um, give people a little bit of leeway. So if they do have a day when they can't attend for whatever reason, um, to give them opportunities to make it up. Um, you know, if they're having a hard week and they need to um, earn some extra points or do some extra credit to get back up to the level that they've been performing at, that should absolutely be a possibility. Um, and I think thinking more generally, um, we really need to pay attention to the structure of our majors. Um, and and um, this is true for arts and sciences. It's also true for professional careers to make sure that there's no one um, gateway course or experience that's going to block a student's progress through the through the program. Right. Um, we often see that with study abroad courses, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important to offer alternatives to study abroad. Um, and for many um, students, an internship can also be a stumbling block. Mm -hmm. um, so thinking about um, different kinds of internships or thinking about how to place students in internships that are going to be um, accessible for them is another really important piece of the puzzle. Right. So I uh, participated, I think, in one of your first trainings uh, in the spring, and I wanted to know that um, if people should come to the training, whether they sign up to be an ally or not, um, how, how do we all benefit from just knowing more? Yeah, I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen is you know a whole lot more <laughs> about the legal landscape of the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. right? Um, and so I think a lot of people do come just because they're interested in getting a little bit of extra information because they've heard about DACA or they've seen it in the news, but they don't really have a good idea of what it means. Um, and so it's great as an information session if that's really all that someone's interested in. Um, we do run some bystander training um, and the second part of the, the ally training where we think about how to respond when we notice something happening that is not right. Mm -hmm. So even if you're standing in the line at the coffee shop or if you're walking across the oval and you see something or you hear something that you're not comfortable with, what are some techniques for engaging with people or um, for connecting with the person who's the target of that behavior um, that, that you can use or, or that you can practice. And that's another thing we do in the trainings that I think has been useful for people. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Anna, when are the next Ally trainings? In, and as you mentioned, um, you know, is 
primarily geared towards the OSU community, but um, you said community members might are welcome to come? Yeah, and uh, actually, you know, we're very open to having people request um, trainings for their particular organization. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a training that was specifically for advisors earlier this semester, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we ran two, uh, let's see, we ran one training in the spring, and we've run two so far this fall. We've got another one actually happening tomorrow, okay. um, which is um, quite full. We had over 90 people sign up for it. Wow, and we had to that's um, a large number. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, we had to cut off the sign up. So right now we're asking people um, to sign up for our spring trainings, which are January 24th from 1 to 4 p.m. and March 26th from 1 to 4 p.m. Um, and again, those trainings will be announced on the OSU library guides um, for DACA students. So it's the OSU Library Resource Guides um, has a has a DACA page where we do um, put up all that information. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Anna, is there anything else that you want to add regarding the training or how to maybe even encourage people to think about um, joining, um, to signing up to be an ally or just coming to this um, trainings? Well, you know, I just want to say we're really working hard on building many different avenues um, to support our students. In addition to the trainings, there is a student group that is meeting. Um, there's also a faculty and staff working group um, that is thinking about, again, longer term ways to support our students financially and academically mm-hmm. and legally. Um, so um, there's just a lot of um, opportunities um, so I really would encourage the broader OSU community, but also any students who may be DACA or undocumented who are listening to this podcast to get in touch and to become a part of these groups, um, because it's such an important thing to have a support network in a place where you can talk to other people who are facing similar challenges that you are. Great. Uh, Ana, gracias por tu visita y esta conversación. Muchas gracias, Elena. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima.